Broadcasting live from Business Radio X Studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Learning Insights. Featuring learning professionals, improving performance to drive business results. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Learning Insights, brought to you by our good friends at Training Pro. Stone Peyton Lee Cantor here with you this afternoon. Lee, you ready for this? I am. It's exciting. Hey, this really is going to be a lot of fun. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast VP of Enterprise Learning Solutions for Training Pros, Mr. David Amborski. Good afternoon, sir. Good, good afternoon. How are you guys doing? We are doing well. Um, we're excited to have you in the studio because it has come to our attention that you are spearheading a brand new initiative at uh, the, for the folks at Training Pros called Training as a Service. That's correct. Can you tell us a little bit about your vision of that? What exactly is Training as a Service? Training as a Service is an answer to um, um, a lot of the activity in the uh, enterprise uh, resource planning um, space where people have put in large-scale computer systems and uh, everybody did all the preparatory work to go live and getting the system live, and then after the system is live, People kind of drift back to their normal jobs and things kind of slip away. And unfortunately, training is one of the things that slips away the quickest because there's not as much emphasis on it after go live. Because sometimes they think that just by implementing the ERP system, then their work is done. Yeah, that's correct. And and certainly with the onset of some of the new approaches that these um, uh, systems uh, developers are, are providing, like uh, moving to the cloud, that means that there's going to be many more changes that are going to be coming at a more rapid pace. And when those changes occur, of course, that trickles down to changing someone's job, which means they have to change the training that they're going to prepare people with. And then when they're buying the system, training isn't included usually, right? It's the system implementation that's included? Yeah, normally it's um, there's really three components. There is the, the system software itself. There's the integration of the software into the business process, which can be done either by the software company or an outside consultant. And then there are the change management and training aspects to prepare people to be users of the software. And then, like back in the day, before the cloud, pre-cloud, they would just, the software would physically be there, and then an update would be actual more software you would just kind of replace and plug in and it would update. Now, like you said, it's in the cloud, so those changes happen really automatically in, in real time right they're happening yeah. constantly yep. yep that's the that's the interesting part and and some of the misunderstanding that people have with the movement to cloud is that in, in back in the initial implementation days uh, things would show up on a on a, a disk uh, and the people would re you see what the changes were that the software companies were proposing, and they had a choice whether they wanted to load it or not load it. In the cloud, there's not a, um, a choice for that. Uh, <laughs> it's it, happening. It, it, it's happening. It, it comes whether you want it or not. <laughs> so when these changes come, does it often mean that my job is changing as well? Why, why the emphasis on the whole people side of things? Well, yeah, I, yeah, definitely. It's the, it's the job is changing because um, if the software changes and how you, and I'll make something up here, if, if how you prepare a purchase order or something gets modified in the system to make it different, then that trickles down to what somebody is going to be doing on their job and how they have to um, 
retrain themselves or reskill themselves to be able to do work in a new environment. And they love that, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They lo- so occasionally they love it. We try to make them love it because that's the that's the beauty of what we do. So now this training as a service initiative, um, is it going to be for every ERP system primarily or like what are the, the main ones that it's going to focus on? Yeah, we're, we're going to focus on um, really the four main systems and that's um, uh, SAP, uh, Oracle PeopleSoft, which is now a combined system, um, uh, Infor, and um, uh, a couple of other smaller ones, but uh, those, those are, are really the main, the main ones. ones. Yeah. And then, um, what are the areas of learning that it's going to cover? Uh, it'll cover the full spectrum of uh, what somebody has to know to to do their job. What we do is we really prepare training to be uh, an activity based. Uh, training events. So it's really based on what you need, not just what keys do I have to press to make things happen, but what's happening in my job that when I press those keys, what's where's the data going? What's it doing? How does the process work? So it's, it's really uh, activity-based training. So this whole change management human thing, it, it fascinates me, right? Mm-hmm. I can, as a kid, my dad was a basketball coach. Coach Pete Payton at home his change management leadership methodology was because I said so. <laughs> right, right. He eventually became superintendent of schools for a pretty large school system. I suspect that in that role, he probably had to uh, employ some different strategies and tactics, you know, for however many thousand employees yeah. to get them all going in the right. But it seems like a very involved in, endeavor because I, I, again, I really don't know, but I, I can imagine it's not even like everyone is reacting the same way at the same time to whatever the changes are, right? They're all over right. the map, yeah? Right. Yes, yes. And and it's interesting because as the ERP software has evolved and moved to this new place called cloud, uh, in the very beginning, it, it, it was exactly what you said. Um, executives would look at this process and say, we don't have to spend a lot of money or do a lot of things because they have to do it or else they can't get their job done and they'll do it because we're going to make them do it. And that made initially for lots of unhappy people and and a very difficult time because we know the technology works because thousands of companies Mm -hmm. use it around the world. We know that we can put the best business process in place, but unless the people embrace it and really adopt it and make it their own, then they're the ones that breathe life into the software uh, otherwise it's just processes and and technology and they could they could not embrace it and not tell you that they're not embracing it right so right. that could be fun to deal with you like you you don't even see it or they you'd really you'd really rather if they're not embracing it at least tell you right at least yeah. you got something you can deal with yeah as a matter of fact um uh, through many of the projects that i worked on i had a term and people used to chuckle at it when i said it but i really meant it there are there is such a thing as a covert agreeer and a covert agreeer <laughs> on these projects says, oh, yes, I embrace it. I love it. I'm going to do it. They smile at you when they walk out of the conference room. Uh, they just look at you, look back and say, I'm not doing that. And those are the worst kind of people to deal with because they'll scuttle a project faster than anybody. Okay, so, so with those kinds of dynamics at play and with the stakes so high, is some of your training or your methodology focused toward the 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 on-site i don't know manager supervisor leader 
because they oh, gotta, sure. they've got to oh, be sure. cognizant of yeah, all these yeah. things and factored into their day-to-day leadership. Well, right? actually, actually, they're the lead group. I mean, if you don't, the, the whole premise of the the training and change movement in these projects is that the leadership has to buy in. They have to not only buy in, but they have to demonstrate that they're gonna that they're gonna help, and they're gonna reward people for doing the right behaviors. And so you got to get a leader what they call leadership alignment done first, and then you you start working on the middle managers and the lower level managers, and then finally you get to the end users that are really gonna be doing the physical work, and they'll see that leadership is behind them and that they're leading the the charge. Now, how does training as a service kind of integrate into the learning department of the clients? Um, That's an interesting question because uh, uh, my vision for that is that uh, many companies over the last few years have um, really downsized their training activities and have used outsourcing for other kinds of training, for example, HR classes and, you know, on um, – uh, sexual harassment classes, uh, how to, uh, you know, how to do payroll, some of those kinds of things, uh, management leadership classes, some of those things are online now. What we're trying to do with the ERP classes is do the same type of thing is to say, look, we can outsource those things. Even though you have a custom system, we'll provide people that'll come back on a on a routine basis and check your system, make sure that all the, the courseware and the things that you're training people on are going to match what your system system uh, is for the present day and make those changes and either give it to you to teach it uh, to some of your resident experts or we'll teach it for you. So you're going to just flex to whatever outcome yeah. that they desire. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's a pretty open format. Um, there are some companies that have a very strong training and uh, group and, and they're usually attached to the HR organization. Very rarely are, are these... Uh, training activities uh, conducted by IT. And so... Um, I think maybe that's good, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is, that, well, is that unfair to say? Yeah, no, it isn't. Actually, it's right on point because because with the onset of ERP, mm-hmm. that was the transition point from people um, having an IT shop that would come in and, and listen to what the business had to say and say, oh, yeah, we can make a custom piece of software to do all these different things. And then they were kind of in charge of everything. And it's role reversal these days because uh, the yeah. business people now say, I'm going to buy this piece of software and I want it <clears> configured <throat> in this manner so that I can conduct my business the way I want to do it. And so it's a, it's kind of a reversal of roles, which – in, in essence, really changes the job description r- quite readily of the of the IT people as well. I bet it does. All right, well, let's talk about business case for a moment because it, it strikes me that establishing and articulating business case for what I would call compliance training. Right, you got to have the sexual harassment training. You got to right. check that box. You got to right. do the diversity training. You got to do the safety training. Exactly. I suspect. Uh, capturing, documenting, articulating the business case for that. Easy enough. Straight forward. Um, but there's probably a little more art and science to crafting the business case for some of these things that you're talking about, right? And and, and, yeah. and, and the ROI. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. I, you bring up a great point because 
calculating the business case for the things that you outlined is pretty easy because uh, trying to avoid fines and and, <laughs> right. and many things math. are pretty easy to 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 uh, to change. But uh, when it comes to the business aspect of things, um, you know, there are some clients that I've talked to recently that they say that, well, gee, you know, uh, after go live, we've made. Um, We've added to people's job descriptions that they have to do training editing or documentation editing. And number one, they don't like it because uh, it's not part of their main <laughs> job description, so they're unhappy about it. And secondly, they don't, they're don't they not really trained professionals at doing that, so they don't do as good a job as maybe somebody that that's a, a professional instructional designer, for example, would do. And so it's kind of easy to ROI some of that because of the cost avoidance that you can get <clears throat> on taking people away from their normal job, and I'll say normal in kind of in quotes, the job that they, they do on a routine basis and take them away from doing the training work and uh, give the training to a training professional that can do it, number one, faster, most likely. And also um, the quality of work uh, is usually higher where it doesn't have to be reworked or re-edited. And so um, everybody, it's a really a win-win-win. Because the people that don't like doing it don't have to do it. The people that want the work done correctly are going to get it done correctly. And then it's going to be cost effective because we'll do it in less time. And then um, haven't you found that by in the past implementing this kind of training as a service uh, for other groups that the company gets the most out of the software? They're really kind of getting more out of the investment, the, the multi-million dollar investment that they made in the software to begin with. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and of course, er- everything revolves, once the go-live happens on the software, then everything uh, really reverts to a business case of what's the cost of uh, ownership of this over a long period of time. And if you can diminish that cost of ownership for the training piece of it, that's a big piece because that's an ongoing thing that's never going to go away because changes are going to be there forever. Right. I mean, the definition of of going live is you're just beginning the change journey. Right. Because there's going to be new things, new functionality, new ways of doing business. You're going to add businesses. You're going to add people. You're going to do a lot of different things. And the training aspect of it is so important because you, you need to meet all those goals along the way. And, and so having this kind of flexibility where we can bring people uh, with the right skills at the right time to bear on fixing some of these things is really the essence of, of, of the value of training as a service. Now, for the companies that are thinking about um, training as a service as something for them, is there like was there a way to a baby step to get in there to try it out? Like, what's the process look like from an onboarding standpoint? Yeah, I think um, what we're we're uh, looking at right now is uh, offering some clients. Uh, an assessment phase where we come in and really do uh, a look-see, kind of look under the hood a little bit of, of their system and see how they're running and what they're doing and, and where there may be some mismatches in some things. And then getting at the heart of uh, asking some questions of the management team, you know, are you having some heartburn over this aspect of the business not running well or are there some problems? And that will stimulate us at least starting uh, the ROI business case process to, to tell them what we can do for them and, and at what cost. And then what are some symptoms that they might have be having that uh, training as a service might be the solution for? What are some of the, you know, pains that might have bubbled up that this might be a good fit to solve? Um, if there were some changes in the software that have been made where um, 
certain um, things needed to be done in a certain sequence, and then the process changed, and it wasn't, uh, and we find this to be many times, is that it's not well communicated across the organization. Um, uh, we end up uh, having to go in and um, what we call delta training or do a, a delta to the original training package to make sure that uh, the training really um, demonstrates what's going on in the system today. And so um, the advantage that you have is that because we're going to be doing periodic reviews because we come back uh, every three months or every six months to review your system to make sure what the training matches it, we're going to catch these things and we're going to catch them quicker. And uh, Or a company can say, hey, I'm having a big problem. You know, my, uh, my payables department is not uh, paying things out. Uh, at the right rate or we're slipping behind, maybe we need some help and, and, and have people uh, re-educated on some of that stuff, and, and we can go in and do that. This assessment that you're describing, it seems like it has standalone value in its own right. I mean, even if I were on the back side of that to hire my brother-in-law to do the training as a service mm-hmm. or try to pull it off on my own. Mm-hmm. It just seems like that would be good foundation in and of itself. And then you would certainly want that as, um, as foundation going forward. If, if, if we were going to do the work, is that accurate? It has, it would have standalone value. wouldn't it? Oh, a- absolutely. It does have standalone value. As a matter of fact, we think it's so important that it's the cornerstone for, uh, the ongoing work. So, you know, it's not a one and done assessment. You can go in the first time and say, hey, here's what the courses look like and versus what the system looks like. But on, on, on a period of every three to six months, because of the way cloud is changing, you have to go back in and see what has changed in the system. And so you really have to do a mini assessment, if you will, every, you know, uh, every time you periodically, come in, yeah. periodically, just to make sure that everything matches. All right, I'm going to shift gears on you because I'm getting kind of curious. I, I want to know the backstory. How in the world does someone end up being the grand poobah of whatever it was I said? <laughs> Enterprise learning solutions for an outfit like Training Pros. Uh, obviously, you must have some background in this arena. Walk us through your career path a little bit, if you if you would. Yeah, I started out um, a long time ago um, with the IBM company. I worked for them for 18 years. I've heard of them. And Yeah, they're a little blue <laughs> computer company. And uh, I was fortunate enough um, to be trained in SAP software um, at the very beginnings of the whole ERP movement back in the early 90s. Before it was cool. Before (laughs) before it was cool and before everybody wanted it and before Y2K, right? Uh, and so uh, I got involved with SAP software. So, uh, and I've have a pretty deep manufacturing background because I, I did some plant work for the IBM company and semiconductor plant. And so I have always been very pro making sure that people know what to do, right? Because uh, when I, what I learned in a manufacturing plant is people n- might not have known, um, you know, why things happened in the manufacturing process, but they but they could sense that something smelled funny, sounded funny, uh, you know, looked funny. And, and to talk to engineers like myself was very important. So I, I really respected people very early in my career, and that's what got me involved in doing change management and training as I moved into this ERP world because I felt it's the people that really have to know what the software is uh, capable of doing and how to do it. 
otherwise it's not going to work. That's where it always comes off the rails, right, with the people? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or, exactly. or sticks very nicely yeah, if, if, yeah. If, if managed properly. Yeah, yeah, it's an important aspect of it. And, and many times when you go to talk to clients, they say, oh, yeah, you know, technology guys were here and the, and the software guys were here. Well, what do you do? Well, we work with the people side of it, right? I mean, that's what, that's what we're all about. So it's really important. And, and then after I left the IBM company, I went to work for uh, uh, Deloitte and Touche, and uh, I was a um, director for Deloitte and Touche, uh, partner director, and I ran the training and change management practice for uh, Deloitte for the for the uh, U.S. Uh, for a number of years, and again, that just reinforced the things that I knew were important as far as uh, dealing with people, and so we um, developed many many techniques. And I worked on probably 23-plus projects that have implemented this stuff. So I know some of the pains and some of the joys that people get out of this. <laughs> Sometimes more pains than joys, but uh, I know some, how some of those things work. So, uh, And I've, talked to, uh, I've done a lot of research in the last two years uh, around clients that I have worked on uh, and have implemented in the last five to seven years. And one of the things they always talk about is, you know, we never spent enough money on our people. We didn't do enough change management. We didn't do enough training. Uh, I wish we could have done more. And now we're faced with um, how do we how do we not fall into the same trap in maintenance of this system? And so I've had people come up to me at uh, trade shows and stuff and say, hey, do you guys do uh, upgrades of training? Do you will you come in and help us do that kind of stuff? So uh, a couple of years ago, the whole training as a service idea kind of blossomed in my head. And this is this is really the 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 finale of it is is working with training pros to get this thing launched. And it works hand-in-hand hand with the software as a service that these ERPs are utilizing. So it, it makes perfect sense to yep. have training align with yep. the software. Exactly. So if the, if the software is going to be updated and changed regularly, doesn't it make sense that the training should be as well? Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's kind of interesting because as, as the whole uh, uh, service economy has has kind of blossomed, right? With people outsourcing things and going to outsourcing uh, ways of doing business, it's it's becoming more normal, if you will, to do it with the training aspect of things. Because frankly, uh, when there were downturns in the economy and there were things were going badly, uh, and I hate to say this because I was part of the the whole training world back then, but we were the first ones not to be around. Uh, because people thought that, well, it's just training. Let's cut them. Right. Right. And, mm. and, 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 and they put themselves in a hole right. by doing that. There's a cost. Yeah, that, absolutely. Uh, the timing just seems perfect. I, it seems like the market is probably as coachable, um, if that's the right word, as, as they've ever been right now, right? Because they've lived through it. They've skinned their knee. Some of them are coming out and asking you, and, and, and you're out there letting folks know and, and framing this up for them. Um, is that accurate? It, it, oh, yes. It, it, the timing is good right now. So how are you going to the market, or is it really – are they just coming to you, or what's do you have some grand – I don't know, plan to get out there and well, have these conversations? Yeah, uh, t there's two things there. I, I, I think you hit it right on the head. I mean, it's 
this the whole aspect of doing uh, not only just training but skills management of people and the retainment of people in in today's world uh, people are finally figuring out it's cheaper to retain people and reskill them than it is to go out and hire new ones and to find a new one right absolutely. yeah amen yeah. and so we're we're and I've always been a proponent of that uh, and so we're going out and we're doing some things around that but we're also um, it's important to know that uh, you know this is top of mind in the C level office. I mean, I have had CEOs, CFOs, um, CTOs come to me and say, you know, I, I get all that technology stuff and I get all that um, uh, implementation uh, jargon that these guys are babbling. <laughs> but what are you going to do to help my people learn this stuff? What are you going to? How are you going to help me? And and I literally, in a couple of instances, and um, I chuckle about it once in a while, but when I think about it, but I have had the opportunity to hijack a couple of orals presentations when we were trying to win some business <laughs> because they would ask the right question, and then I would get up and talk about it, and and the technology guys would all be sitting down, going, "Why are why are they talking about this stuff? We're here to sell software, you know." But um, if it doesn't, if they don't know how to work it. Uh, it's not of any value. So that's why we're talking about it. So now your vision of training as a service, uh, what is going to be the deliverable to the client then? So the deliverable to the client is number one uh, in the first phase, um, we're going to do the assessment. So there'll be uh, obviously a written report and mm. and a whole uh, uh, outline of the assessment of what we find and where the um, the the holes are, if you will, between the training and the and the uh, system, and then uh, we'll give them a, a, a take a look at how how are they remedying that today, and if they build their own stuff. <clears throat> Uh, we'll give them a business case to take a look at to say, okay, do we do we build, buy, or modify uh, the courses that mm -hmm. are that are that are required? Because you can't buy some standard stuff on sure. on the market, and we wouldn't be wanting to reinvent the wheel. So we would do uh, a build, buy, or modify strategy, and then uh, we'll do a run strategy that says, okay, uh, if you buy into that and, and you want us to work with you. Uh, we can both build it and teach it, and on an ongoing basis, we'll send the same team to you that knows your system and knows as much as we can. Of course, in a in a consulting environment, people move around a little bit, but uh, <laughs> yes, they I'm, do. I'm, I'm used to that. <laughs> but but we're going to try and put teams a team together that's going to have the responsibility for specific clients so that they know the system, they know the people, and they can come in and, and, and that will speed up the assessment process on the follow-on. Now, what you're describing right there, putting a team together, deploying seasoned people with specialized expertise, yes. I mean, this is training pros. That is their wheelhouse. Now, yep. I mean, that oh, yeah. they're already good at that. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. That's fantastic. What an exciting time for oh, you. I know. it's This has just been a dream come true to start uh, working on this. So uh, I'm thanking Steve and the team there for all the support they're giving me because uh, we're getting this launched. And uh, I'm just really, really, really happy at the way things are going. It, it's uh, progressing very well. So now the ideal client for you or somebody who has just implemented a new ERP or like what's what what uh, where are they in the ERP kind of uh 
life cycle. Well, the, the, the beauty of it is that this whole process is very adaptable and, and can be adapted in, in both directions. So uh, obviously our initial target uh, base is going to be because there's so many uh, people that have implemented and have implemented since the Y2K effort, right? There's lots of people that are 10, 15 years into the process, and some of them are the worst ones as far as the training world goes, right? Mm, yeah. And so, um, and so, we're, our target market is really people that have already implemented and go in and say, "Here's the ROI. Here's how we can save you money right. by you doing it yourself." But it, it doesn't preclude us from going into even a company that say wants to implement for the first time um our people are are seasoned enough and are um and know enough about how to do this type of work that they can work on either side of the ball all right so where can our listeners go if they want to speak with you or someone on your team about these topics maybe set up one of these assessments what's the the best way for them to connect with you uh they can either go out to the training pros website uh and um there's a way for them to contact us through the website. Right. It's training-pros.com. Yeah. And uh, they could also give me a call. Uh, and my uh, direct contact information is uh, at 770-335-9061. And uh, I'd, I'd certainly be happy to answer any questions that anybody has or uh, any of those um, activities. And they can also contact me via email at um, uh, David Amborski at uh, trainingpros.com. Well, congratulations on the momentum, man. Keep up the good work and keep us posted. And I think there's probably some wisdom in maybe sitting down with you periodically and, and sort of tracking your progress. I think that would be interesting to, to do that. You, you'd be up I'd for be, that? I would be very happy to do that. Fantastic. All right. Until next time, this is Stone Payton for Lee Cantor. Our guest today, David Amborski with Training Pros and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Learning Insights. Although, 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 although we stop, 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 stop.